Blog Talk Radio. I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page, only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, bad violence, home on body, this hood politics, acknowledge leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee, I up. Could it be my time is up with my love? I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst. A fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out. I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rat to the death of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sent from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, we're not. Out. This is what now is about, nigga. The time is now. All I need is one mic. 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 All powers to the people, all powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, black power with the black people. It's your brother and host, Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, Independent Black Talk Radio, man, coming to you again on another Tuesday, always. It's always a pleasure to be able to address the masses of the people, to share ideas, exchange and dialogue and like I say, this is your program, brothers and sisters. It is an opportunity for you to um share with us, for us to come together and have a think tank. Put our minds together and come up with some solutions, um, you know, comments, your comments, critiques, criticisms, all of those things are always welcome on the program. I'm gonna be a little more subdued today than I usually am probably. I'm going to attempt to. I'm going to attempt to because I'm out of town and I'm in a hotel room and I don't want to shake the world. You know how we get out. Um, today's topic, we'll be talking about, let's rap about, we. it's all in the news, man. It's all over the place. What went down in Charlottesville, Virginia with the white nationalists, the white supremacist movement, the people marching, the murder of the uh, young lady and everything, that's all over. So I want to discuss that. And so, and I'm calling it, you're mad at Trump, why? You're mad at Trump, why? Help me to figure out what he has done that we, I know I can say, I would say we as black people, conscious black people, revolutionary black people, but we specifically at the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, what has he done that we hadn't didn't say he was going to do? Last week's show was Trump's America. And weren't we talking about him being a fascist, him having fascist-leaning, fascist ideology, the fascist rhetoric, rhetoric, the racist rhetoric that he ran on? And 
running on the ticket that he ran on, him running on the ticket that he ran on, we understood what type of support base that he had. So help me to understand again, what was this outcry? What was such an outrage? Why is everyone acting so surprised? I think that now what we have to ask ourselves is what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? One of the things that I think that a lot of people are making mention that they noticed, and I'm not going to talk about the obvious, but our phone lines are going to be open. I'm hoping this, that our people will get involved in discourse, uh, a discourse and a dialogue about this. But one of the things that I did notice about the whole protest was um, what everyone else noticed was a lack of the police presence, a lack of parameters and barricades being established. Now, I've attended a couple anti-Klan, anti-racist, uh, anti-white white supremacist uh, movement rallies. I've attended a couple of them, and the thing that first, one of the first things that you do notice is the overwhelming police presence, from the barricades to the snipers on the roof. Oh yeah, the snipers on the roof, helicopters hovering and flying above. If you you notice an overwhelming police presence, so I think that one of the first things was the lack of police presence. But the second thing that jumped out at me, I think the most was where were, there was not a progressive revolutionary black organization represented. I didn't see one. And if anyone knows of one, then please call in and correct me. But I didn't see a progressive black revolutionary organization represented. And I damn sure, didn't see these Billy badass black supremacists represented. That was your time. That was your time. For all the ones with the rhetoric and the sensationalism and all on the Facebook, what they'll do to a crack, you missed your opportunity. So this, these are the things that I started to get out, not the aftermath, not these press conferences now and people hunting about, you know, all of this other stuff, and I wish they would come and all that. All of that's cool, but for all of these Billy badasses, that couldn't wait and always talking about when they get their hands on a crack or, or a crack around, there was your opportunity. And it wasn't like they punked out. They had broadcast and, and, and it, uh, plenty of time. How do you think that they mounted? They had 6,000 of themselves come out there, and they said the counter-protesters had eight to 10, anywhere between eight to 10,000 counter-protesters. So in order to get that many counter-protesters, you've had had the time to rally and to put out the word that he was coming. So where were these so-called sensationalists and these so-called badass Negroes that I'm always reading about on Facebook about what they'll do to a cracker? I didn't see not a one. You know, I saw a lot of leftists. I saw the extreme left uh, movements out there that's predominantly led up by Europeans, white people, and I saw sprinkled in the crowd some black people that probably belong to a lot of these leftist organizations. But I didn't see one, not just the progressive revolutionary organizations out there, but the so-called badass uh, uh, Negroes. So that's my other question. You know, where were they at? That was your opportunity for that time for confrontation, if you're looking for a confrontation. But it goes to say, so then... We go into, we, we watch, and, you know, what didn't surprise me is what had taken place because one thing, when you study the nature of this European, this European is a warmonger. 
I mean, if anything, I'm going to tell you, if anything that I got of it, you know, besides someone losing their life, there's nothing ever funny in anyone losing their life. Let me say that. I don't give a damn what color. There's nothing funny in the loss of life. So my condolences to the family of that young lady that, you know, unfortunately was killed by one of our own white-on-white crime at its finest. White-on-white crime at its finest. But what, you know, didn't surprise me while I was laughing and everyone was surprised that a melee had taken place, that a brawl had taken place. What didn't surprise me is because white people don't play. I'm just going to tell you. They don't play. White people have been terrorists. They have been violent. When they're disgruntled and angry with their government, and this, they will resort to violence way quick. A lot of you brothers and sisters out here playing bad and shit, y'all just talking about it. A lot of you brothers and sisters are getting arrested for just simply rhetoric. But these white folks actually go out there and do the craziest damn stuff. Timothy, I mean, history bears on, we're talking about Eric Robert Rudolph, the, uh, the Unabomber. I forget the Unabomber's name. Robert Rudolph did the Olympic bombing. Timothy McVeigh, who bombed the Oklahoma City. White people have been terrorists. White people have been terrorists. Whether it's all the way back to the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, you name it. That's how they squash their differences. When they can no longer, when the ideologies are so polar opposites to one another, how they squash their differences is they get into fisticuffs and they get they get violent. Didn't surprise me, and I think that um, I, I what did surprise me is this outcry of black people who are really so you know under the banner of this revolution, they're under the banner of revolutions, but not really a revolutionary. They're radical reformist. They're upset with Trump because he didn't call them white supremacists, because he didn't rattle and shake and flip on his own side in the very beginning, that he had to be coerced and coaxed into naming them. And you see on the, um, you allow this to be the topic of, you allow this to be what precedes us in race relations in America, the death of a white girl. Now we want to name the white supremacist uh, terrorists, domestic terrorists. When time and time when we had Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, um, uh, 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 what's the brother that uh, I can't believe, I forget, uh, Eric Garner, on and on and on and on. People have been murdered and brutalized, maimed, terrorized, you name it, some of the most savage, barbaric treatment to, to any human people uh, in the history of the world has been perpetrated against people of African descent, specifically and particularly African people right here in America, and now a white girl dies and everybody wants to discuss the issue of race. It's amazing. It's amazing. And even in this discussion, you still don't find one of ours, you don't find a staunch black nationalist. I'm not talking about one of these. See, they'll go out and find the Negro that preaches a lot of rhetoric. They'll go out and find a counter opposite of those idiot white boys. They'll kind of go out and find an idiot black supremacist to scream more rhetoric, to try to bring a balance, like what Trump said, with balance on both sides. They'll go find the most ignorant, the most hate-filled, the most rhetoric-spewing black or African amongst us to try to counterbalance that. But we're talking about practical, realistic black nationalists, real revolutionaries who are for independence 
the liberation advancement of African people right here in America. You haven't found them. We haven't found them standing out, stepping up, standing out. We haven't found them being asked about the question. I turn on the news. I turn on the television. I see these radical reformers, some of them not so radical. I see these people who still believe in a system, who still believe that we can find our way within the laws, within the very system, within the policies and procedures that produce what you just saw in Charlottesville, Virginia, white privilege, white domination, and, yes, white supremacy. You find that. So what we, we I would like to know, brothers and sisters, what are some of the solutions? How did it get to this? To my black nows, I hope that we have some black supremacists on the line. I want the most radical, the most hardcore. I hope you're getting pissed when somebody tells you Yang was on the line talking about black supremacists or you're getting pissed because I'm wondering, where were you Negroes? I see you niggas all on Facebook. I see you niggas marching up and down the street with some shits not jumping off this and that, but then there they were with their weapons. There they were right in mass, right there for you. But I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I mean, it's not an indictment if you can explain to me why. Maybe the funds wasn't there, you know, not to protest. I see us, we, you, we always at the protest where there's a police presence, where there's the police making sure that ain't nothing going to break out. Niggas jumping bad then. Everybody beating their chest. They gangster gorilla. You're a cracker. Woo-woo. Right there when the police right in front of you. But when the police wasn't there, when there was an apple, I'm t- I didn't see it. So I'd like to know where that, where, where was that at? And did any of the events that took place then it changed any of your way of thinking? Are we starting to look at this revolution as being a little more, um, having more substance? Are we starting to look for it to be more substance filled, or is it still just a lot of, are we still just going to go off of a lot of the rhetoric? Just true to form, like true to form, like I'm seeing, is always true to form. I see people that are about to take advantage of it. Lights, camera, action. We're about to get a lot more sensationalism. A lot more talk coming from it. More people taking advantage of an opportunity that has drawn national attention. And they don't have a practical or real applicable solution. Listen, my phone line's open. Press one. We're just having a somber conversation. You know, now's not the time for a lot of yelling, a lot of back and forth. I'm not probably going to say more than you've already heard, but this is an opportunity because you've listened. You've watched the news. You've heard what's out there. So here's an opportunity for you to express your opinion. This is People Black Panther Party for Self-Determination Independence Radio. It's your man, your brother, Yang Nkrumah. Press one if you like to be recognized. If you like, I'd like to hear your take on the whole thing. I'd like to hear some more takes out there, not just national news. I purposely stayed away from all of the back and forth on Facebook because I'm sick of it. I'm looking for some real enlightened views. I'm looking for some real thought-out opinions. How you really feel about this thing? Why are you mad at Trump? You mad at Trump? Why? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I see a lot of people upset. I want to know why they're mad. Help me to figure out the help me to figure out the, the, the big surprise. How it became so how it became so major. 
Or have you thought about it while you're mad at them? Let's go to the phone lines. We got somebody lit up. Uh, excuse me, I'm looking for my glasses. It's uh, 470. 464. 464. 464. 470. 464. Hey, y'all. What's going on, nephew? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How about you, man? What you think about it? Well, you know, I read a lot of books, you know what I mean? And, uh, the only thing that come close to what's going on with black people got to be the Holocaust. You know what I'm saying? I mean, ain't nothing else. Ain't nothing else you can even compare to what's going on in America with black people, but the Holocaust. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and you know, I was just, I was just saying to myself earlier. You know, you had a lot of people helping out the Jews. You know what I'm saying? And you had a lot of different. You know, you had the world helping out the Jews. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that the world is not going to help the black man, but you know the black man got to help himself. You know what I'm saying? We got the manpower to do it. We got the revenue to do it. We got the brains to do it. You see what I'm saying? The black man is capable of helping himself. You you see what I'm saying? This This is the Holocaust. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You see what I'm saying? These are these same ovens that we sitting in. They call they they prison. You know what I'm saying? They ovens. You see, you, yeah. you, you feel me? You know, the black man got to help himself. You know, That's right. not to say we don't get a lot of support. We do, but you know, real strength comes from the inside. That's you real. Know. That's, you know, That's I real. just wanted to, you know, as always, you know, I just want to show you some love. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, keep man, doing I, what you're doing. And I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate that. And we're going to touch on that. And you're absolutely right. If if there was anything, and I'm, I'm going to close your mic for now, nephew. If you want to come back on, just hear one again. If there was anything that would remotely or could remotely be compared to, like, what, what my nephew was saying to the Mayapa, to the transatlantic slave trade, to the black Holocaust, it would be the Jewish Holocaust. If there was anything that could remotely compare. And we see that coming up, but I mean, that's a good, listen, that's a good analysis because when we study fascism, this is what we're talking about, fascism. This is what Hitler pushed. He pushed fascism. And Hitler didn't take over Germany. Hitler was elected to be the chancellor of Germany. Just like we elected Trump, and due to fear and due to the um, low esteem of the German people, they had lost in World War One. Their economic, you know, their poverty, them having to pay reparations for their loss to the other nations that they lost the war to, kept them broken. Hitler came over here, a man came up and whipped them up into a frenzy of national pride through fear, through hatred, through um, um, demagoguery and demonizing the people the same way we find Trump whipping the people up against the Hispanic, the Latino, our brown brothers and sisters, the Islamic brothers and sisters, and against black people. We see the same type of rhetoric, the same type of thing going on, but the difference between the Jewish people and us is that for some type of, I'm not even going to say some type of reason, the first thing was slavery, that that resistance, a lot of that resistance was beat out of us, and our nationality and identity was taken from us. So even though, in despite of 
the persecution and the inhumane treatment and the exploitation and oppression of us as African people here, we still for some reason identify with our oppressors. I think they call that the Patty Hearst syndrome, Stockholm syndrome or something, where we begin to identify with our kidnapper. We begin to um, view things. We begin to empathize with their struggle. So we begin to empathize with the struggle of America. We come on here with rhetoric like we're all American. What took place, I think that more people are enraged and insist, even amongst African people, about the death of that white girl. And there again, I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I don't want to try death of anybody, but the death of that white girl, then the senseless murders of the black men and black women that have taken place at the hands of the fascist police and the fascist government. I haven't seen that much outcry behind that. Where was the cry of, we had that white boy run in there and kill the people in the church? Nine black people. The white boy went in the church and killed nine black people. Where was the cry about white supremacy? White known to be affiliated with a white supremacist movement. And you didn't you didn't hear this much of a cry and an outrage about nine black lives in a church. In a church. They weren't even at a counter protest. They were at the so called house of worship. And someone came in and senselessly took their lives for no other reason than they were African. And you still didn't have much of an outcry from even amongst black people, but now you got all of these Negroes crying about this white girl. It's a shame. America's not built on this. Oh, we're all Americans. We all bleed the same. Well, we all bleed the same shit. We all die the same. And unfortunately, like many of our people who have died in the struggle in the movement, unfortunately, she was a casualty of the motherfucking war. So it's not that I'm not sympathetic to her family, to the loss of life. I'm sure it's devastating on the family, but I'm realistic. I can't evaluate. I can't elevate. I can't be so whipped up into a frenzy and see the downfall of America and the crying about America over this thing to the extent that um, I'm unrealistic or I'm unbalanced. This is what we talk about when we talk about that neocolonialist mindset, that we still value other people's lives over our lives. And I can't just, in good conscience and good faith, be one of those brothers that do that. That's just realistic. Negroes have to wake up. And we boo-hooing. Let's go back to our phone lines. 619-9979. Your mic is open. Black Power Chairman, this is uh, Chief of Staff, Brother War. Black Power Chief, what's good? Share hey, with I just want to kind of break, want to try to break down the psychology behind what's going on because a lot of people don't, a lot of our people don't understand the levels and in, in, in different aspects of racism as it's applied. What we have in office with with uh, with with the President Trump is what's referred to as a progressive racist, and a progressive racist is a person that basically believes in utilizing the same principles that was founded with the uh, uh, Ku Klux Klan, but it's been elevated to a, to, uh, to a new level of the game. And let me break that down by explaining this. What happened with the Ku Klux Klan in terms of their formation had to do with the fact that the federal government, federal government was coming in and they were making changes based upon the fact that the United States was changing from what's referred to as a, as a, as a crop environment or, or, or crop 
are basically making money through crops and, and land through an industrialization and technological advancement. So the United States was advancing. And this, is, this goes back to that whole fight to where you had uh, the uh, cotton gin uh, racing against the, 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 you know, the blacks in the field trying to out, outdo the cotton gin. So the deal was as America was advancing and industrializing, the North started getting more into international, international trade. Whereas the South wanted to stick with what was working for them in terms of the, the cash crops. So what was happening was as the United States was, was trying to change its, 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 its form of racism, not, 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 not become racist, but change the form of racism from a different type of, of power base, you had those that wanted to hold on to the old ways. Those people that wanted to hold on to the old ways had a lot to do with local governments. So the local governments, who were basically your leaders, of the cities and the states and your towns and so forth are the ones who were against the direction that the federal government started to go into. And from that standpoint, the Klan was birthed. And the Klan was always basically started from those people that were already in power, but saw that they were, their power was getting sucked or replaced and opened up by other ethnic groups. So the Klan was founded on the principles of maintaining and upholding the power base in the, in the hands of the European. And so from that standpoint, a lot of people tend to forget that. And the reason they forget that is because they get exposed and they mix that up with some of the forms of neo-Nazism, which is where you have your, 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 your so-called uh, soldiers and, and just a grunt force of, of, of white people that, that have hate. And they're, in, they're into the whole aspect of dealing with uh, elitism calling white people to be the superior race and white people are the only only class that should survive. Klan, the Klan wasn't started on that principle. The Klan was started on the principle of we want to consolidate our power and we want to maintain our power. So it was about a, a, a structure that was in place that was already working, whereas the neo-Nazi was about genocide and destruction of all, all other ethnic races in Klan. President Trump comes into the picture because he took, he is part of the, the, the movement that was taking the idealism of the Ku Klux Klan and modernizing it and realizing that basically we are in control in terms of Europeans. The, 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 the high percentage of us are in control. If we continue down this path and we uh, tackle things by just eliminating the ability for other, for other races and other people to have access to the level of insight and a level of resources and a level of education that we have, and we dumb down them and we manipulate them by constantly controlling how they go about learning and education, how they go about trying to be able to um, empower themselves, then we will automatically be on top and we'll pin them against each other and they will stay in that level. And so what happens is, even now moving now to what's going on today, is you have those still uh, Europeans or, or, or white folks who don't believe in the new way of racism are fighting to keep their old traditions in place. So it's no different than what happened with the Civil War, where you had a racist from the North and a racist from the South clashing heads on how to envision the future for Europeans. It's the same fight. It's no different now. And so you have those people that, are, are, that want to maintain and hold to a certain tradition and you have the progressive races that want to form and, and operate from the new technological standpoint of being empowered 
and maintain being able to keep everybody else at a lower standard. So by keeping other people at a lower standard because they're not looking into being able to control their own destiny, then you, they automatically become your servants and your slaves because they don't have the same access, the same level of development, and the same resources that you have. And so in, 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 in looking at that, it's racism to the newest level. And that's all that's taking place to today. That's all that's taking place. So you just got different forms of racism fight. So their fight is, um, so the biggest fight between them is, is they're trying to implement, they're fighting over pro, what program they're going to implement. Correct. They're fighting, on, they're fighting over how racism is, how, how they're going to in, stay in power and what, it, and what the new future of disempowerment for the European means. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, I mean, I agree, man. Listen, let me tell you something, Chief. I totally agree with that assessment. I totally agree with that assessment. Because it is no difference between them, but it's just like you said, the method. You find it's it's funny because it almost mirrors a lot of times our struggle. You know what I'm saying? That we get into it, and that's all it is. It's just their methodology. Definitely not their ideology. They all believe in in that supremacy of their race, but it's just how they're going to implement that. Chief, I'm gonna leave your I'm gonna leave your mic open this match, so if you want to jump back in, but I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna go to the phone line. Let's go to a four four. What's good, brother Yango? What's good? What's good? This is Kimberly. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? I'm good. I'm trying to make my comments. Um, just for a lot of what y'all saying, and uh, I, I, you know, I agree with some of them, but I just the strategic message of the KKK one. They were very silent and quiet about how they moved and how they made things happen in order for them to regain that power structure. The biggest thing that the KKK was very grateful for was actually free slave labor. A lot of times we look at and say the slave trade and all of this stuff was, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say a bad thing or issues that were going on for our people, but we all failed to study all parts of the slave trade. White people manipulated us while we were being brutal and doing certain things because we got to quit leaving our parts of slavery as well. It's very confusing to the people when we talk about white supremacy, white people doing this, white people doing that, but we can't seem to figure out how did they come about, where their plans came from, and where they learned these particular techniques. So the first thing, I, you know, my opinion is that I feel we should stop being so contradicted. We also should stop believing in the the so-called revolutionaries and organizations that you all are seeing in front of us today. Since the early 1900s, we have been manipulated, and certain tactics have been used. We are very familiar with counterintelligence. So the people that we see in television and the people that are out here with the guns are actually the informants and the people that work with the FBI. Why are we the true revolutionaries that understand what's going on and not come together once and start telling the truth to the people? Because that's the only way to free my niggas if we tell the truth to my niggas. Two, get out of all this religious shit. The nation of Islam and the Christians have been in contractual agreement with each other since the beginning of time. If we want to roll towards the 60s, Elijah Muhammad told us out to the KKK. If we're going to move forward so that Martin Luther King and a lot of other people, 
This is the confusing technique that they use because they put these token Negroes in front of us, and we give them opportunity not only to manipulate the lives of the people, but they're not the people for they're not the spoken people for um, the nation of blacks. These are not our spokespersons. These are not our representatives. If we're true revolutionaries, quit idolizing these Negroes. Quit talking about the kings and the Elijahs. Tell the truth about the manipulating tactics that they're using to get almost 5 million of our people to follow a religion that they feel, one, originates from the nation, two, that is going to lead us to Savior, but the whole time we are being manipulated. A lot of our leaders have been killed by our own. Until we address all parts of slavery, we will only have these conversations like we do every day. I'm going to be very brief with my last comment. For the people that's out there with all these phony organizations and names and the information that they're using, if we take all the energy that we have wasted, take some time out, regroup, get the resources, realize that racism is bullshit. One, because we're all racist in our own way, so let's quit, let's quit having that argument. The white man and the Tom, the Sambos, because we have two. Toms are soft-ass bootlickers. And we have symbols that are fucking traitors. Either way, our niggers is fucking with them against the niggers. Until we realize those things and we move those strategic methods that they're using, we're fighting a never-ending war. We can sit here and talk about all this stuff that's going on nowadays. The white man and anybody else has the white. Now, let's be realistic. The law of the land. To be able to represent what they want. They're racist and that's okay. I don't agree with prejudice. I don't agree with an unjust system. I don't agree with manipulating tactics where we all can't be equal as far as resources. I believe in separation, but I don't believe in segregation. But until the specifics are taught and until we are firm behind those things, we are just a bunch of reformists as well and a bunch of angry Negroes that have turned into a bunch of revolutionary niggas. It would have been reactionary, as we say, to go out here and go into a bum rush of Black Lives Matter was ran by Jews and down-low homosexuals that's actually separating our black people from each other, men and women and children. Then we already know white supremacist radicals do certain things to manipulate because we haven't had a so-called race war in years. Because if niggas was really racist, we wouldn't still be fighting a never-ending battle, and we would own some type of land, resources. The prison systems wouldn't be full. We would teach about jurisdiction laws. We would be able to free our niggas. If you can't solve the basic issues in your community, then you're nothing. I don't give a fuck about what the Klan's talking about. I don't give a damn about what they're doing. They can campaign their little white girl all they want to. That's what the fuck they're supposed to do. It's sad that we're focusing more on that instead of us focusing on our kids or our Tasmanians or the Benjamites and all of that shit and putting them out here. I'm going to say this and I'm done. H. Rap Brown, Huey P. Newton, all my real niggas, Tupac, they said the revolution would never be televised because you know why? Y'all thinking media because that shit going to be so real. So phenomenal. When niggas start fucking shit up, it, it's not going to be room in five minutes to talk about what type of movement we will be able to reincarnate. And I appreciate speaking. Power to all people. And thank you very much.
Hey, you're more than welcome. I'm going to put you back on mute if you want to come back in. Come back in. Um, and listen, this is People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, Independent Black Talk Radio. Push one, you'll be recognized, critiques, comments, criticisms, if you want to speak on anything that you've heard tonight. One, um, yeah, I agree with some of what you're saying. You know how we go back and forth. I agree with some of what you're saying. But I don't, my calling out, like you said, I agree. It would have been reactionary to go down there and to jump in in a fray with no end game, with no objective. I'm pointing out simply that this is a lot of the rhetoric you find on Facebook about people talking about what they're going to do, and there was an ample opportunity. It's just a lot of it is buffoonery, costumery for show. Entertainment, they should have at the bottom of their post. A lot of these Negroes at the bottom of their post should have for entertainment purposes only because that's exactly what it's for. Now, white supremacy to me is very real, though. And the fact that why I say white supremacy is very real, it's not so much I don't give a damn about someone teaching their culture. I don't care about someone loving their heritage, having pride in their ancestry, in their history. If they find their history to be a noble history and a glorious history, I don't have a human problem with um, people having their viewpoint of their history. What I do have a problem with, though, with white supremacy is the willful and intentional hindrance and obstruction of any people, any people, and specifically people of Africa to evolve naturally. It's not that, you know, people say, well, you know, niggas can't stick together. There's a re- we have to look back to the reason. I think a lot of times we address the symptoms and not the cause. Hear me, brothers and sisters, we address the symptoms and not the cause. We can get mad at one another for not sticking, for us not sticking together, but it's a very real reason why we don't stick together. Even outside the Willie Lynch letter, we have been physically, physically harmed for sticking together. And then not so only so, that is the trauma of that has been embedded in the um, psyche of African people. And then what they do is they turn around and make laws to reinforce that to substantiate that, to give them a reason to break up our sticking together, three or more together, you're a gang. If you wear the same outfits or the same shirts, you're a gang. The language of their laws changed to justify their brutality, to justify their police repression or their fascist ways, to make this a police state. And because since this government, it's like what you do. I, I agree with that, Sister Kim. We have to go back to history. We have to look at the inception of America, what America was founded on. America wasn't founded on a dream for you and I or for any African over here. It was not founded for us to have a stake, a share in any of, of that. We have been the blood, sweat, and tears backbone of America. We have been the backbone of America. And since we have been the, that runs this machine, this industrial uh, corporation, as I've even heard you say, since we've been the fuel to run this, believe me, you, they are not going to allow their fuel to just stop. So then they come out with the, 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 the preschool to prison pipeline that by third grade, they know how many prisons to build due to due to uh, aptitude tests and even some scholastic tests. 
And when they saw that this was profitable, being the capitalists that they are, then they begin to, this is where I say that race and class comes in. Then when they saw that this was profitable, profitable, they began to privatize. Oh, it is a conspiracy against you and I. Don't us ever, don't let us ever slip into think that we can do that. Not a conspiracy against you and I. That we can do what we want here. We're hindered from that, from doing what we want right here in the shores of America. We're hindered from that. How many times and times, those of us that live in the hood, how many time and time again have we seen it? Have we seen it? And we're pushed in a way to, like, I'm not a reformist. I don't think any real revolutionary is a reformist. But we're pushed in such a circumstance, in such a way that we have to deal with their court systems. We have to deal with their policies and procedures. I don't know not anybody on this radio that hasn't dealt with their policies and procedures through their court procedures, whether it be from traffic tickets or whatever, find a way to rein you in and to malign you. Even my brothers and sisters that are Moors, and I know you Moors will get upset and be pissed about this, but even you brothers and sisters that are Moors, when you talk about your sovereignty and going in there, you still talk about what this government is and what it isn't, and this law says that, and this law says that, I find it hilarious because you're talking about criminals. America is a criminal settler colony. It was founded by criminals. It was governed by criminals, and it's still being ran by criminals. So when you go in there with their laws, depending on what it was or if the judge is having a bad day or whatever, then you will find that even they will laugh and scoff at their laws. How many times have we seen clearly on videotapes, look at the brother in New Orleans, that they was taken down and shot him in the chest twice while he was down. The police walked. Look at Eric, what's his name? Uh, Surly. I forget the brother's name. The brother, uh, uh, Eric Garner, clearly on videotape is showing him being choked to death. Choked to death. The police walked. So here's a system that isn't for you. So this white supremacy is real. White supremacy is real. White supremacy says that your life is not as important as their life. And even the death of this white girl, even in death, in resistance and protesting, you find that still your life is not as valuable as their life. I agree with like what Sister Kim says, all of these Black Lives Matter, all of these groups that have been integrated and infiltrated that the agenda has changed, that they use slogans to draw African people in. Black Lives Matter, it's a beautiful slogan because black lives do matter. So we end up running to these things full-heartedly, investing in, but we don't, don't begin to do the real research behind it to find out these organizations in like the sister is saying, I mean, she's absolutely right on some of these so-called organizations. I would advise brothers and sisters before joining an organization, find out what that mission is, what their objectives is, what their vision is, what their end game is, what they're trying to accomplish. This is one of the reasons that we as a people like to have a part of self-determination. Put the self-determination at the end of our name. We're tired of just being defense. We want to get on the offensive now. We don't want to constantly be on the defense. We want to get on the offensive. We want to begin to build. We want to begin to 
start to practice self-sufficiency. We want to be completely independent, like the sister was saying. We want to separate on our own fruition and accord. Point number 10 on the 10-point platform program of the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense and Third Development is also the same point platform, um, the same um point and platform of us as the People Black Panther Party for Self-Determination is that we want that plethora of sight. We want the opportunity. We want the right to be able to come together at a place and a time of our choosing amongst our own to determine what type of government, how we will self-govern. And the key to that whole thing is to self-govern. No longer will we have a people who have historically shown that they don't like us to be in charge of, the, of our destiny. And this is what it's all about, and this is what we're seeing down there in, in Charlottesville, Virginia, that it has even so much so that they're in charge of our destiny that two groups of predominant groups of white people, they had a few Negroes sprinkled in there, but the predominant groups, the two predominant groups of white people getting into a conflict has sparked a conversation about race. It's a, I mean, think about it. Think about it. Once again, because they conflict, they have started a, inter, a national and an international conversation about race relations in America, and black men and black women have been dying. Like I said, I forget that white boy's name that went into church and murdered nine African people. Dylan Ruth, nine African people, it didn't spark this outrage or this cry. It didn't spark this much attention. It didn't get the conversation on race relations going. Nobody condemned white supremacy. Nobody did all of this, none of that. So once again, even when things affect us, it, it has been left up to other people. It had to affect somebody else in the other ethnicity. Before this conversation began to be a real conversation, these are the points that I'm trying to make. We have to begin to take control of the situation. We have to ask the hard questions. We have to do the things that must be done for us to determine our destination and our destiny. And until we do, you know, until we do. So this is the whole question. So my, 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 it goes back to my initial question, mad at Trump, why? Why? I'd love to hear from you. This is the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. It's your brother, Chairman Yangler. You can press one to you can press one to come in to discuss again because I love to hear the various takes on it. This has sparked a firestorm I haven't seen since I don't know when. I told you I didn't see this much buzz when the brothers and sisters were killed in the church. When we're murdered and maimed, I haven't seen this much. We're calling press conferences. Negroes that wasn't even in that city don't have nothing to do with it. We protesting all everywhere about that. It's it's it's, it's fantastic. It's it's and I say fantastic in the sense of amazing. It's it's amazing to see the neo colonialist mindset. We all have a pinch of that Tom in us, and we don't want to admit it. 
if you were moved, if you're stirred by this, if you start to feel some type of way by this, there's a pinch of that Tom, it's that neocolonialist mindset. Again, we're allowing other people to set the pace and the trend for what we do and how we react to it. What type of actions we're going to take. Quick to now you find us, you find this. I love it because what it has sought to do is these Negroes that have blended in amongst us from the extreme amongst us or the black supremacists, even to these reformist integrationists that have mingled amongst us, is beginning to allow people to show their true color. This is why study of revolutionary politics is super important so you begin to hear and see where everybody's at. I see these Negroes getting upset about their white girl. You can't kill no white girl. Some of these niggas mad as hell. These niggas mad. They ready to go in there and rip him. I'm reading posts. Oh, they're going to beat his ass when he get in jail. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. About what? For his views and his beliefs, not because he killed a, 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 a black man or a sister. And then you will let them, when they turn around and beat the black man or a sister, first thing a lot of you Negroes want to do is pull out your goddamn cell phones, videotaping asses. World star. I heard niggas holler it out. World star. They give a world star free advertising. But let this happen. Let Becky Sue get ran down. Oh, it's a whole new day. You don't run over Becky Sue. Ain't nobody talked about, when I look in the paper, I see a nigga flying. A brother flying. What's that brother's name? Somebody call in and tell me that brother's name. I bet you half of it don't know. Is the brother okay? Did somebody send him a get well card? He's the one on the front page. Toe up. Flying. Caught and hit him. It's just by the grace of the most high God and his ancestors that he wasn't laying there dead. Has anybody checked on that brother? What's that brother's name? What hospital he's in so I can at least send him a card? Somebody call in and let me know that. Oh, no, you won't find that. We'd be hard-pressed. I hope somebody's Googling and looking it up right now. It's a travesty. It's a shame. We ought, to, we ought to look at this and be ashamed of ourselves. And we get drawn into the most mundane and trivial actions. We mad about. Look what, 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 what you Negroes out here mad about. You mad because some white nationalists, but they call themselves white nationalists, white supremacists. I don't, because I don't have a problem with white nationalists. Oh, oh, Yanga said it. Oh, you don't have a problem. Yeah, Yanga said, I don't have a problem with white nationalists. You believe that white people should have your own stuff? You want your own history? You're proud of who you are? You want white power? I don't know how you don't think you got white power, you know? So I'm not mad at you white nationalists that want to uplift your white race and do good and, you know what I'm saying, go to church and do all your white things. I don't like white supremacists. I don't like anybody to think that they, you think you better than me based on my skin complexion or based you think that you have some privilege or some God-given right because of your skin complexion. And some of you Negroes who feel that way because of your black skin complexion or this and that have the audacity to be mad at some white boys because they feel the opposite, the polar opposite of what you feel. Come on, man. So I don't have a problem with the white nationalists, but white supremacy I have a problem with. But here's what gets me, how we get sidetracked and, thrown again, Negroes are upset and mad about the white supremacy market because these white boys and white girls wanted to preserve a, a statue that was a part of their history. We got homelessness, hunger, police brutality, poor tenant rights, 
drugs, crime, everything in our community, and you niggas mad about a damn statue of Robert E. Lee. Once again, caught up. You going out there to protest the Klan because they want to come, they want to save they little Confederate statue. They got you niggas running around about a statue. Can't get you to come out and put a food program together for the impoverished people in our neighborhoods. We can't get back to school stuff. We can't start building and start doing for our own, but you Negroes will get mad and be ready to fight these clans and stuff because they're marching about a statue. Nigga, what? You've been sidetracked behind this. Man, let them white fight about that statue if that's what they want to do. Let them white folks fight about this statue. Like Chief War said, it is a prevailing sentiment. It is an attitude. It is a way they feel about white supremacy. It's the only thing they're arguing about is how they're going to implement it. But all of them have that sense of white privilege, the sense of white entitlement, and even that sense of white supremacy. The only thing they're arguing about is how they're going to get that off and how they're going to implement it. So if they're going back and forth with that, if one side comes out there with their shields and another side comes out there with their shields, then so what? But we get so caught up in our emotions and the rhetoric of, the, of it all that when they march with their little flags and they pound about this and that and they nigger, nigger, Jew, 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 niggas are all upset. All upset. But you're not upset with that grocery store that sells inferior products. You're not upset with that corner store that sells liquor, drugs, bullshit to our children. You're not upset with the school system that teaches your children inferiority and white supremacy. You're not upset with that slumlord. But you're upset with some white boys and white girls because they waving their flag marching to a statue. You've been sidetracked. This is to divert you from the real things like the sister was saying. I do. I'm, a, I'm like the sister. I question some of these so-called revolutionaries. They're like more like reactionaries to me. Whatever the emotion is of the day, whatever the sentiment of the day is, this is what they jump to. This is what they run to. Man, you can save that for me. You can miss that with me. I watched the whole thing. I've been watching the commentaries. I've been watching the news. Yes, I have my opinion about it. I even have my feelings about it. Because we should. It's ugly. It's an ugly scene. And like I said before, the loss of life is a terrible thing. But I'm not so caught up into my emotions and my feelings and so arrogant to my opinion that I would do some, um, think that it's time to launch some type of offensive, that I'm getting so caught up in this that I forget about what's really going on with our people. That's the ignorant part about it to me. That's the things that I have questions about. Let's go to our phone line, 214-0673. Your mic is open. Hey, right, peace and blessings to y'all brothers, man. This is Brother Darkside out of Dallas. How y'all doing? I'm good, Brother Darkside. How about yourself, brother? I'm well, brother. I'm 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 sitting there listening, man, and I'm I do have a uh, an opinion, man. Uh, man, come on. We we listen and we talk about the ones that fight about the two different sides on how they want to implement this racism, and. We talked about the Stockholm Syndrome. It's, it's easy to see it because as soon as a white person shows you any type of sympathy, 
and say they on your side, we forget the rule of, you know, the friend, the, my my enemy, my friend. Well, what what is it? my enemy's enemy is my friend, because right. we already know once we march with them and they get the part that the part of the supremacy that they want, we go right back to the bottom of the table. You know what I'm saying? And I'm with you on the reason why we missing the point is because, like you say, man, we lost in the sauce. We lost in the whole sauce in this 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 ideal of what America is and what it can be. You know what I mean? And my thing is, I don't really think we're in a position for a fight right now. We, like you say, we hadn't took care of each other. We hadn't even took care of our own problems. How are we going to get on the battlefield and in an instant we start arguing over small shit, over petty shit? So I'm with you in the sense of we have to get to the programs and we have to build ourselves stronger because all this ambulance chasing, man, it ain't getting us nowhere. It's, it's got us where we've been. We've been ambulance chasing for the last, what, 150 years? Now it's time to be preventive. Right. We got we to gotta get, get on the front end, man. And... You know, they say you can't go to war if you ain't got no cheese, man. You know what I mean? We ain't got no army. We got a few We got a few sales here enough. We don't have no army. You know what that's I mean? Right. We don't have We don't have a, a, a collective of motherfuckers that's really trained to get out here and go through thousands and thousands. They, they showed over damn near 6,000 people the other night. That's right. That's right. 6,000. That's right. We can burn to get five in the meeting. <laughs> Boy, you better. They showed over six thousand. You better talk about it. You better talk about that, brother. At a moment's notice, six thousand at a moment's notice. Like you said, we can't get four solid notice. brothers to come to a meeting. Can't get four solid brothers to come to a meeting. So my thing is, while we sitting up here worrying about the problems that we already been dealing with, we keep on dealing with these hoes. These ain't new problems. This this Donald mm. Trump shit, and these white folks shit. This shit ain't just came up. I'm 43 years old. I'm quite sure some of y'all on here older than me. I've been saying this my whole life. But then I also been watching my whole my whole life. Mm-hmm. And the only programs we really want to run, since the Panthers, the only programs we really want to run is citywide programs, is, is what the city gives us. You know, they yeah. come up with the fundamentalist reading, um, reading this fundamental programs and all this old shit. But at the end of the day, like you say, we end up we end up learning codependency while we allow them to program. Mm-hmm. We already didn't allow them to we, we give majority of our time for the radio. They program us that way. They program us through the TV. They program us through media. And then we're gonna go to their program so they can program us some more. Yep. I mean, right, where, right. where do we stop? Where do we stop? Like you say, you worrying about a Confederate flag or Confederate motherfucker shit. It'd have been more harm done under the American flag than it was the the Confederate flag. If you want to be honest about it, you know what I mean. Mm. Ain't nobody trying. To, ain't nobody trying to tear that down. Yeah. You know, my thing yeah. is, man. I I think we need to. I think we need to seriously get to the table, and we have to solidify our base. We have to actually get up and have something. We can't have plans. We can't have ideals. We have to have some solid shit in hand. We have to have some solid formation. I'm not worried. They can have their own land. They can get tired of me and tell me to go over there and we can have 10 million acres or 1,000 acres over there. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm not going to do is keep on begging these folks and their systems 
to do us right when we won't even look out for ourselves. And that's the bottom line right there, Brother Darcy. And, man, let me touch on a point like you said, because I was on a central committee meeting, and we were talking about the same thing, brother, that at a moment's notice, see, that first of all, their whole march was called, what was it, white supremacy for unity or something? Yeah, something unite like the right. Unite the right. At a moment's yeah, notice, exactly. you got various groups. All of them wasn't Ku Klux Klan. You know, white supremacy no. is their ideology. That wasn't their organization. That's their belief. White supremacy is their belief, not so much their organization. But at a moment's notice, all of these organizations came together and flocked and rallied around a statue, which they allowed that to be their rallying cry. You can't get, we don't, listen, I can't get three Panther for two Panther formations to know nothing because of some stupid personal bullshit or something foolish. You see what I'm saying? These it's 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 the it's those type of things that like you were saying, brother, and like I'm man, I echo that sentiment, man, that our priorities have been misplaced. Our priorities have been misplaced. If it isn't about the advancement, the self sufficiency, the independence of African people in here in America, then later for that. But we become dependent on them. We've started beating allowing our own egos to be fed through these Facebook and through social media and all of that, and we love to see ourselves duplicated and reduplicated and things like without looking at long-term objectives and really producing anything with any substance. These, the government has a lot of these programs that we are trying to emulate. They have a, the government has a lot of, they have, the government has programs. We have these projects that we're trying to emulate. Our feeding program will not move steps. I don't care what you brothers and sisters out there think when y'all think y'all feeding the people, you're not going to outdo the government's food stamps. So it is not about just simply feeding the people, but about indoctrinating the people to self-determination and revolutionary thinking. And if we don't have these things going hand in hand, one of the things when you watch these white supremacists, it is a constant teaching process. They get their children out there and begin to teach them supremacy and white privilege and white rights. While we allow our children to poo-poo and shoo-shoo and fuck off, we don't teach them about being strong and being proud to be African. We go so far as to teach our children, if I was to get around and start to speak like this around children, people would cover their children's ears and say, you're teaching hate. I teach my child multiculturalism. I teach my child diversity. I teach my child to love everyone, to be all-inclusive. And there's nothing wrong with a healthy, proper dose of love. But when you love someone to your own detriment, when you love other people over your people, then you are the one that misguided and in the wrong and disillusioned. Nobody loves you over their own. I'm up in here in Philadelphia now, and I just put a Facebook post up, and I was riding through Chinatown, and I'm showing you all the Chinese signs, and I turn around and say, everybody practices nationalism except us. We have gotten to where we think that that's a dirty word in our mouth. It's a bad word for us to stick together and come together and and defend what is ours and to fight for advancement not just defense, but to advance our cause. 
to advance our people, to get our, to get us in an independent, liberated state. We're freedom fighters. We've been taught that that's a bad thing, or we've been taught that that is an unachievable, unattainable goal. And I refuse to believe that, that I must go down swinging, fighting by any means necessary to obtain that. And what we start to fail to realize, like a post I put up there for my dear brother Elhaj Malisha Boggs, brother Malcolm said, he said, as long as our objectives and our goals are the same, then we shouldn't fall out about ide- the differences of ideology, strategies, or tactics. Everyone is not going to battle the battle that the way that we battle it, but if they are still attacking the same enemy, then we must embrace them and embrace that because it's still the same struggle. Embrace them, encourage them, motivate them, and if we can, support them with aid and resources to battle on that front. You're going to have some people that believe they're going to battle the educational system. They want to see a stronger African-oriented curriculum in school. That may not be my particular forte, but if that's their forte, then allow them to allow them to do that. You will have some people that battle some people that battle nutrition. That say we don't have the proper nutrition going. That's not my particular forte, but if that's their forte, then allow them to do that. But Dr. I'm gonna, did you want to say something one more time before I put your mic back on mute, brother? Because I cut you. Yeah, man. Let me. Uh, yeah. No, nah, you all right, man. I I just honestly feel, you know what I'm saying. Whatever the government can do for us, we can do for ourselves better. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying. Like you say, Absolutely. uh. A kid's caught up in the poo poo. Like I, I say, it's the sauce. You did what I'm saying, money, holes, and clothes. You know what I'm saying? Getting yeah. high and shut the door. You know what I mean? But I really feel we have to get to the point, like you say, we'll, we'll take food stamps for instance, right? Mm-hmm. There, is, there is no reason why we shouldn't be able to out supply our people with food better than the government, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's lots of land around here, so that means we can do crops, we can do uh, we can do poetry, we can do uh, cows, goats and pigs or whatever people eat. There's no reason why we can't do that. Uh, the Panthers of the Sixties started the the WIC program. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. the government picked it up and made it a little bit better. But if we just stayed on our same, if we just stayed on the same, on the same path. There's no telling mm-hmm. what that program would be if it wasn't in for COINTEL, you know what I'm saying, and that's many cool. other programs that's that came through. So my mm-hmm. thing is, man, I, I think we need to get off the sauce. I think we need to get our kids out the sauce. I just talked to a 17-year-old the other day, and like I told him, little brother, I understand you do what you do out here, right, because I don't know what type of lifestyle you come from. So I don't know if you're being abused at home. I don't know if you don't have anything to eat at the house. You're tired of wearing bummy clothes, whatever. But little brother, get get don't get caught up in the sauce. And and mm-hmm. us adults, we even caught up in the sauce. Even with this revolutionary shit, it's some sauce in this shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we all yeah. lose focus because we get caught in the sauce and find out that sauce is quicksand. You know what I'm saying? We have to we have to get back to that each one teach one. We have to get back to I'm I'm doing an internship now for mass communication, video and audio mass communication, right? The dude I'm under has a master's degree in mass communication, right? Like I asked him, why should I have to go pay for that degree, give another white man in college thousands of dollars for that degree if you already know how to do the work? 
I'm not asking you to teach me for free because, see, I go, I do intern. I don't get paid. I video, I clean up, I do whatever it can, whatever I can do to get that trade. But we have to get to the point to where we start, we have to start teaching each other because we know these schools ain't going to give it to us properly. And if we don't start teaching each other how to take care of, man, it's, it's, it's so many industries black folks are needed in. There's, there's not a shortage of one job for any one of us to do for us to get back in this community and make it out. There is not a That's shortage right. of jobs. Nowhere. Nowhere. Because all what what is it uh what is it? Ninety what is now what is it? Eighty six percent or something like that of black folks work for white people? Mm-hmm. So yep. then that means it's a big ass market for black ass businesses. Yeah. Yep. It means it's a big ass market for black folks in agriculture. And we just have to do it just like the days of the old instead of trying to deal with this system who we know don't really want to. We can take bits and pieces of it that they'll give us. You deal with what I'm saying when we, when we try to deal with them as far as business go. We can take bits and pieces from them. But we need to do it just like we started doing it back in the days of the 1910s and 1920s and when we had our own underground methods of working with each other. We're in, the, we're in 2017. Mm-hmm. In a technology, technology, we're in the age of technology. There is no reason why black folks shouldn't be further than where we are. The only yeah. thing keeping us from being where we are is us. And, yeah. we, and we have to stop looking at each other as individuals. When I say I, I'm talking about you too. You deal with what I'm saying? There is no such thing as individuals because we, we group together as a race. I don't care how we look at it, the ones we don't like, the ones we do like, we group together as a race, the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah. So yeah. We, we have to, man, we have to just, we, we just got, we got work to do. You know what I'm saying? The words of, of that this not going to happen or we not going to be able to do this, we have to change some type of words out, right? I was listening to your talk earlier. We got a positive affirmation, and one of my positive affirmations says, you know what I'm saying? Lord, expand my territory so I can keep moving forward. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we have to do, man. We have to expand our own territory. Ain't nobody going to give that's us nothing. And that's nobody going to give us nothing. That's yeah, we have to advance ourselves. And if mm-hmm. you don't plan on advancing yourself, then, like I just told another brother that just came in the fold, if you plan on being another nigga, right, they just plan on being a parasite to this shit here, they don't do it. We got enough parasites in it. We got enough blood suckers in it. And yep. can't nobody tell me they not a blood sucker, because I don't give a fuck if you're a parenter. I don't care if you're part of Hugh P. New Gun Club. I don't give a fuck if, if you the church, a Muslim, no nothing. Because ain't now one of them answered my question right yet. You did what I'm saying? We all say we're here for the better of the people. Where's the change? Yeah, yeah, and that's what we want to, and that's what, and that's what the fight is about. But I like what you were talking about. You know, one of the things that we miss as the revolutionary, as revolutionaries, is the revolutionary type. You know, I'm always talking about that, man. We don't want to evolve. We want to think because we got a little bit of understanding or a little bit of knowledge, because uh, we can spit a few verses or a couple quotes that that makes us revolutionary. We've we've attended a few protests that that makes us a revolutionary. But if the revolutionary is not, if the human being is not evolving, 
if the African here in America is not evolving like what you just said out of that nigga shit, out of that nigga mess, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then he really said truthfully and in all honesty, called themselves a revolutionary. And that's what we're and that's what we're facing. One of the things we have to face is that transformation of self. One of my teachings that I'm being taught in my journey of spiritualism and spiritual understanding is um, you must first master yourself before you can master the elements. So that master mm-hmm. yourself, that, that digging down in yourself, that looking at the, the things that are counterproductive, that are counterrevolutionary, that are countercultural, um, that are counter you, that are counter African, must honestly be addressed. And what we end up doing, we try to justify them, we try to hide it behind other things. Oh, niggas ain't going to do this. Niggas are this, niggas, and we'll find every way to justify that sickness that permeates in us. Man, I don't get so hmm. upset. I try not to anyway. Get upset with my brothers and sisters when we begin to think like that because I understand that we suffer from a lot of psychological damage, that we have been bombarded through our television, through our music, through our diet, through our religions, through social cultural exchanges with other ethnicities, that we've been bombarded with a inferiority that the nigga, there's no place to call nigger land, that the nigger is an American concept, and the nigger and the African has been niggerized. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the hustler. I'm not talking about that Negro that get out there, nigger like my man Pac. I do believe in like what my man Pac said, never ignorant getting goals accomplished type of thing. That hustler that has a purpose and has a direction that knows that, man, I'm, you know, I hate, like you told the young brother, I know your circumstances. I don't know what may be causing you to do this. But we're talking about that nigga that is motivated purely from a capitalistic, greedy perspective that has become a parasite in the black community, that has become uh, a a purveyor and a pimp of suffrage and misery upon our people. And this has become so acceptable to us in the black community that we allow to go on. You know, we talk about, like you said, man, we, we, we talk about, our groups, we the Panthers, we the this, we the that. But one of the things when we study the third development is that the oath that they had taken was to protect the community from any sicknesses, any diseases that affected it. Even if those diseases or those sicknesses on the outward appearance look like you and I. And so the African must evolve into an African understanding. Once he begins to evolve into an African understanding, his very nature will start to tell him or her that dealing with outside people on intimate levels, when dealing with somebody with your money and letting somebody watch your children, and even somebody riding through your neighborhood with guns to protect your guns that don't look like you is dangerous and detrimental to you. See, that's how we've lost our Africans. We send our children to people that don't reflect us. That don't look, your children, your baby. Everybody said they love their babies. And we put them on school buses. You got this dude riding off with your, a busload of children. You don't know that dude. You do not know that man. He's riding off with your baby. And you trust that he will get him to where he's supposed to go, and you trust that he will bring him back. Then you let him sit in the school eight hours a day with people that you don't know. We got, like I said on my last program, police officers, people of other ethnicities riding through your neighborhood with guns. You give your money. You won't give a Negro up and you won't let me hold you, 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 let me hold your money. You want me to hold your money for you, but you'll go to the bank owned by other people and put all your life savings, everything you got, 
you will put in a bank. And we've known that during economic repressions and economic depressions that the banks are the first places that lock up and close your money, hold your money. So we've been taught to be a dependent people. Even goes back to what you're talking about, the food stamps. One of the reasons that we understand in in, in our studies and in, in, in my studies why the government had to come out with these programs, we said WIC, mm-hmm. uh, uh, women, infant, and children programs and uh, food stamps and free breakfast and free lunch programs was because of the message that Huey P, mm-hmm. that the, what we call the third development, a lot of people call the original Panthers, the message they were sending out, and that message was a message of communalism and self-sufficiency. They were saying what the government mm-hmm. won't do, we can do mm-hmm. it. We can feed ourselves. We can go. They had schools, hospitals, shoe refurbishing programs, the prison programs, grocery runs. You name it, they mm. had it. So they were self-sufficiency, and the government was saying that we can't allow these people to know the power that they yield, that they don't need. So they will always, like you said, be able to, at this particular time, outproduce us with resources because they have a monopoly on the resources. But with the, I think, the little bit that we do do, that we must increase the educational effort and the social cultural efforts, that there has to be, still has to be a sense of, I like what you said, that we're not individuals, a sense of obligation and responsibility to one another. We have to have that sense. You see it in every people, man, every people. That's why I know it can be done. I told you I'm sitting around through Philly now and rolling through Chinatown, that sense of responsibility and obligation to one another, the Latin, the Latin people. They have a sense of, I said, yeah, they fight amongst each other. I'm sure they got Mexican gangs that game bang against each other. You can take those same two gang members, put them in, put them in a room full of Negroes. They'll be the best of friends. But you will take two Negroes, put them in a room full of Mexicans, they'll still go over there, amigo, que pasa, say amigo. <laughs> you go over there. <laughs> you know, we don't speak Spanish. And still go try to be someone else. We won't get with the brother and say, brother, it's only me and you with the Mexicans. You'll get with the brother and say, hey, man, it's just me and you. I don't know about you. Migo. Hey, Pots, amigo. I'm in love with the Coco. We'll go through all kinds of damn changes. Anything not to identify with being who we are. And we see it every day in front of our faces. And this is what gets what people tell me it can't be done because I know I'm not sitting here looking at the Arabs do it in Detroit and Cleveland. I'm not saying the Indians and the Chinese do it in these places and the Hindus and these people do it. This people. So you're not going to tell me that we are just so savage and so retarded, retarded in our development and our mental capacity and understanding that we can't do it. That's how I know that it is an intentional design. For us, but now that we know it's an intentional design, we've been screaming this for years. It's an intentional design. It's an intentional design. We have failed to come together to get our strong minds to get the, the strategists and the tacticians to get together to say, "Hey, you know what? We know it's a design. What do we do about it at this particular point in time? How do we begin to start the motion and to understand that revolution is not an event?" The revolution is not an event. I agree with the sister. The revolution is not going to be televised because the revolution is not an event. It ain't going to happen overnight. The revolution is a process. The only way the revolution is going to be televised is you got to have a documentary because it ain't going to be you turn on the news and somebody say, the revolution's here. 
then that ain't going to happen. The revolution is a process. So we understand that what the Panthers, the third development, the original was teaching us was that we are practicing a protracted struggle. How did the Vietnam, Huey taught us, how did the Vietnamese run the French up out of there, run Britain up out of there, run America up out of there? It was a protracted struggle. They taught generational resistance. We must teach generational resistance. We have to teach our children that certain behavior is not only abnormal, but is also unacceptable in the black community. But when they tore that down, when Big Mama stopped whooping everybody's ass, you feel me? You remember when Big Mama used to whoop everybody? You 43, I'm 45. You remember when the neighbor used to catch you, yell at you, tell before you got home, your mama knew she going to whoop your ass because you made her look bad and the neighbor had to say something, yada, 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 when the community stopped raising the child. When you yeah, man, man, you know. Your friend in the house. And when it was yeah, time you know, we, we both. Go ahead, brother. Hello? Go ahead, brother. No, I was, I'm just kind of piggyback on you because me and you similar in age, so we kind of watch things go from the way they went, from fight mm-hmm. the power to the disco to the, you know, mm-hmm. dust up your nose and, you know, mm-hmm. all that until they finally came around with, putting in the welfare and all that and to where we are yeah. now. Yeah. You know, and and I do remember <laughs> I do remember, man, it's funny. My granny, it was about eight she had about eight grandkids in the house, man. Right? And my grandmother, mm-hmm. my granny, would never close her front door until the last grandchild came to house. It might be two, mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning because you had a dough sitting outside playing dominoes up under the street light with they with their hoods up. Look cool out, you know what I'm saying? Everybody up and down the street, and everybody on the street knew everybody. So before my granny go to bed, she might call down to Ernest's house and say, "Uh, them kids down there." And they like, "Yeah, they down there." And she don't even say nothing. She don't tell Miss Zachary to tell us to come home. None of that. She says, "I, I want to know where they were." But the door didn't close until the last one came in. And if mm-hmm. you did anything from 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 Keith all the way back to Overton. When you're dealing with over here, Bill Pad, Village Way, and all the little streets right there, there was nothing you couldn't do in that neighborhood, and them adults already didn't know who you were. Where the, where the news didn't beat you home before you even got there. You okay. know what I mean? Where, 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 right. When you got home, you had an ass whooping waiting on you. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> waiting yeah. on you. She's sitting there with the belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you yeah. already got your ass popped a time or two. Going home, exactly. and then one 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 of their brothers out there, you know, they're seeing you. Hey, come here, come here, nephew. You know what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you finna get stuck yeah. and stop your head, fucking with him. Then you gotta go yeah. home and get this ass whooping. But you know, the thing mm-hmm. about it is, man, like you say, we 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 gotta love each other. At the bottom, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, man, love conquers all. And before we can learn to love anybody else, we gotta learn to love ourselves. And if we can't if we can't do that, then all these programs we talking about, all this change we talking about having going, it ain't gonna never come to fruition if we can't never find love. Love is the only thing that we need, man. And once we find love, we can find the hard work because you work hard for the people that you love. That's it. But, you know, I love that, man, that you said that. And love has to be, I think, one of the things that I love about, you know, being, you know, part of the People's Party, uh, um, the People's Black Panther Party, man, is we had that manual, man, that 3Ds. 
I loved them three Ds, man. I loved them three Ds. And that first D, that defied. That defied. Because I believe that part of self-determination is the right to defy your destiny and to defy the instruments and the tools that you will use to bring about a change for your destiny. So we must defy or redefine the concept of love. You see what I'm saying? I like what you said. We have to love ourselves so much. We got to love ourselves above everything and everybody else. And ain't nothing. See, we talk that's wrong. How's that love, brother? How you going? No, man, you got to love yourself to that degree. And when you love yourself to that degree, when you love yourself, you a practice of love. If you, how you loving anybody else? How you loving all these other people and you don't love yourself? I tell my Pan-Africanist brothers that. Even though my brothers that love the kind of Africa, I love Africa. I love me some Africa. I love, love, love Africa. And step over a neck. Step over your brother in the street every day. Mm-hmm. Quick. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I mean, you know, you got to mm-hmm. have that balance. I like, you know, the sister said somebody like Muhammad, but, you know, like Muhammad has some high little teachings in there every now and then, man. And and one thing yeah. Elijah Muhammad said, said, how do you profess the love of God you don't see but yet hate your brother you see every day? Come on. I mean, that's just some simple. How do you profess the love of God you can't see but can't love your brother you see every day? So we will love every other we will love every other people. We will love them to a fault. We will forgive. We some of the most so called loving, but that is an embarrassing unhealthy love. It's the love of a uh, abused spouse. We'll tell a woman to get out of that house. If a husband if a woman comes and oh my husband's beating me, he's beating me, he's beating me, he beats the kids and he kicks the dog and he doesn't see the we'll say, Woman, you crazy if you keep returning back to that. But I love him. We'll tell her that's not love. We'll get abuse counseling for her. They set up hotlines. Hell, the brothers will come, her brothers, deep brothers, whatever she They'll come snatch her up and want to beat that nigga's ass for putting his hands on her. So how much more so you and I, this country has dealt us blow after blow after blow after blow after blow after blow. We say, I love you. Oh, but I'm so in love. But I'm so in love. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? We have to, man, we, we, we have battered wife syndrome. The black man and the black woman in America has battered wife syndrome. And we have to wake up. We need to do like the smart woman does, pack our bags and get the hell out of that house. Or tell them, look, you put your hands on me again, nigga. I know some of them sisters wake up with the butcher knife to your neck. Boy, I didn't, boy so I'm just going to get the kids and leave before it be a case, okay? Go on and go. We haven't yet, we haven't we haven't gotten sick and tired. Fannie Lou Hammond said I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. We haven't gotten really sick and tired and our conception of love is so warped and lopsided that it doesn't include us. But until we love exclusively, until we love obsessively, until we love fully ourselves, then we will never be able to contribute to humanity. It's called the human race. And I tell people, and people have heard me say this, it is called the human race for a minute. So you got every race, every human in the race except for the African. He's on the sideline cheering, cheerleading somebody else. We tag team teaming with everybody else. We and they race. Pass me the baton, boss. Let me run a little bit of this journey for you, boss. Pass me the baton. We ain't even the human race. We human bystanders. Bystanders, human cheerleaders. We want to have our go USA. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Man, we better get in this human race. 
And then only then will the African be able to be respected. When the African sits at the table, I'm not saying that we can't do business for them. See, it's like what you said earlier, 86 to 90% of us work for them. You know what I'm saying? We got a job. You know what they told me job stand for? I went to a thing on the brother said what job stand for. Just over broke. Just over broke. <laughs> Just over broke, man. I could have fell out when I heard him. And it was a white man who said it. He said, you want a job? He was talking to all black crowd at a, at a historical black college. He said, you want a job? He said, you can go get a job or you can be an entrepreneur. You can be just over broke. So we like that. It's easier. You come in, you punch your time clock, you get a but thank you. Get your paycheck. You might fuss a little bit. My paycheck showed. I was here 15 minutes early Tuesday. See what I'm saying? Instead of working towards that entrepreneurship, having that spirit of independence. See, free people, you can't enslave free people. That's why these Hispanics will come over here, these Hindus will come over here and live in the back of their store before they take anything less than being free. They have their whole family in the back of the store, wake up, open the store, until they can buy them house before they take anything less than being free. But we'll take that handout job for that car because we have not only have we integrated our bodies, not only have we integrated our wealth, but we've integrated our moral concepts, our ethics, and what they what we, we deem success, what they call success. The Brook Brothers suit, the living in this, uh, making this much a year, having this type of car is successful to us. And we have to get out of there. I'm not saying that we don't have our own. But like one of my mentors said, Brother Max Stanford, um, found the Revolutionary Action Movement, one of Malcolm's boys. He said that to the revolutionary is willing to put everything, everything to the side for the sake of the advancement and empowerment of African people. Until they're ready for that, then they're not truly grasping the concept of revolutionary change. Not radical reformism. Not for better paying positions. Not to be able to spend our money in this store. Better laws so the police don't kill us. No, no, no. We want a complete, constructive change. We feel like that the laws and the policies and the procedures of this system were not, have not, and will never be designed for the advancement of African people. So we want a complete change. We want separation. Now, this is a lofty and noble goal. Do I think that I may see that in my lifetime? No. My children might not even see it in their lifetime. But it is, we must take the first step. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one footstep. So we have to take that step towards teaching our children that one day, just think about that. A slave was in shackles. You couldn't have told him today I would be somewhere talking to a white man. One day, black folk going to tell white people, fuck you. That slave would have looked at you like you was crazy as hell. No, they ain't. Where they going to do that at? Ain't no way in the hell. No nigga going to tell master, fuck him. Ain't no way a slave could have perceived that. But it was the likes of Nat Turner and Harriet Tubman and the rest of the slaves, those known and those unknown, who had that belief that we would taste freedom, that we would be free, that these shackles would fall off of our limbs, that we would be able to stand up and look that white man in his eyes and address him about our grievances. It was those people who believed that you and I can have the 
discussion right now, so I don't threat nobody to me that my ancestors came over here not even speaking this language. Then the bottom of boats didn't think they would make survive the journey. Didn't think they would survive the journey, let alone be able to address their grievances to the very one that whipped and beat them to death. And now here we are. So how dare I not have the fruition, not have the vision, not have the tenacity, not dare to dream of a day when my children's children's children will be in a place of their own, governing themselves, reaping the rewards of the resources, looking and having that complete and total freedom from tyranny, oppression, and exploitation. How dare I limit my dream? Thank God the ancestors, our predecessors, didn't cow down and bow down and buckle under the weight. Oh, I wouldn't be sitting here on blog talking now, having the audacity to talk about some white supremacists, let alone a white president. It was unheard of. I ain't even talking about 100 years ago. Let's go 50 years. Shit, let's quit acting like this stuff didn't happen in dinosaur era, like the young people like to say. Let's stop acting like that this happened. I was born in 72. It wasn't that long ago. Yesterday. You're talking 50, 60 years ago. You couldn't say the things that you and I are saying right now. So how dare we have limited our dreams, our vision. And this is why the thing that happened in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia, with the, them marching and a statue and all of this stuff, I just say it's just more distraction. It's just more distraction. We can't be distracted. If some people want to dress it, address it. I would love to see a real black nationalist. Not no sensationalist. I'm not talking about one of these damn crazy ass, kill every whitey ass niggas. I'm not talking about that, brother. Somebody they want to put up there, you know, eyes rolling, foaming at the side of the mouth, to justify the dehumanization, the degradation of African people. No, I'm talking about that black nationalist man or woman who gets up there who is really saying some of substance, whether they like it or not. It's not about whether they like it or not. It just simply must be the truth, and it must be something that the masses of African people can grasp. The revolutionary... There's not. I think that we, we 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 begin to fail to understand the role of the revolutionary. We think that the revolutionary is going to be the one that brings about the change. That we have to get all of these big numbers to join our organization because that's what's going to bring about the change. No, the revolutionary is the match to light the spark. It is the spark. It's just a. That's why we must be embedded with the masses of people. That's why the masses of people must feel the revolutionary. The revolutionary, he does what Bible says. He seizes the time. The revolutionary, he and she is a social scientist. They understand the climate, and they know when it's time to fight the spark. But they've been working with the people. They've been dead themselves to the people that the people trust, the revolutionary. The people believe in the revolutionary. The people see that the revolutionary is not a capitalist. The revolutionary is not a pimp of black suffrage and misery. The revolutionary won't exploit them. The revolutionary won't take advantage of them. The manual says that the revolutionary doesn't even take a piece of needle or thread from the masses of the people. So they understand that the revolutionary is dead for them. The revolutionary eats what they eat. The revolutionary sleeps where they sleep. The revolutionary shops where they shops. The revolution children sometimes go to school where their children go to school until they establish their own schools. 
so they understand that the revolutionary is one of them. He is a part of, she is a part of the people. They're not telling them nothing harmful. So it ain't going to be a million black Panthers that kick the revolution. It's going to be the masses that kick the revolution. The brother or sister that says that they're a parent or says that they're in any progressive revolutionary movement is just saying that, hey, I'm one that has been trained to help aid and guide and assist the masses into going into directions so that they don't get sidetracked by no damn Robert E. Lee statue and some white boys fighting each other. That's what the revolutionary says. He says, okay, it's cool to be angry about racism, about oppression, and about hate, and about, because the revolutionary, like you, Brother Dorsett said, is a lover. He is a lover. He's a lover of humanity. The revolutionary is a lover of animals. He don't like the oppressed animals. The revolutionary is a lover of the earth. He hates the depletion of the old. He hates the, he hates the extermination of the rainforest. By the revolutionary, like I learned in my spiritual practices, the revolutionary is even cognizant of the ant. That's the revolutionary, baby. The revolutionary is a lover. So the revolutionary is a humanitarian and egalitarian. He believes in equality for all people. That's why he say all powers to the people, but the revolutionary at the same time must have a goal and aim and objective. So the African revolutionary, what is the African revolutionary? See, we want to get in it. We revolutionary, all powers to all people, but the Cuban revolutionary was for Cuba. And once they freed Cuba, for um, 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 my man Che went to Africa. And the Chinese revolutionary was for China. And once they freed China, the Mao Zedong's form of communism, socialism, was espoused upon and sent out throughout the world. The Russian Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution, was for Russia. So how does the African not have an African Revolution? How does the African become so international and all powers of all people that he forgets the very people from whence he comes from? And then when you and I step up and say that we must have an African revolution, not to the exclusion of any other people, but first the African people must do for themselves. The African people must define their own destiny for themselves, and the African people must fight for to, um, to bring that into fruition. Now, if you want to help us fight, you can't join the organization, but if you want to aid and assist in that struggle because we are revolutionaries, then you're more than welcome. But don't try to dismantle our groups and try to indoctrinate us and incorporate us into your groups, and then you find us going off being communists. You find us going off being socialists. You find us being black anarchists. You find us sprinkling Negroes like you found down in Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. You find sprinkling Negroes in his various multicultural, diversified organizations, and then when a black organization comes down there and says something, they come to you running, it ain't about color, brother. In <laughs> and, and, and what land, brother? Come and fool me, man. You're talking to a revolutionary. You're talking to people who have served revolutionary struggle. We understood before this was an imperialist, capitalist country, it was a feudal slaveocracy. That the capitalism and the imperialism grew off of the backs and the exploitation of slaves and the genocide of Native Americans constantly. It has grown with the exploitation and tyranny of a minority people. So don't come and sit here and all of a sudden tell me about color, especially when you receive a certain privilege. I'm not saying that you're racist. I'm not saying that you're a supremacist. But it has been so ingrained and embedded in the fabric of this society that you receive privileges that you're not even aware of. That you're not even aware of. What you mean? Well, here's what I mean. When the cops pull you over, does your heart fucking drop? Because for the black man, this could be a life. It's not. It drops out of fear. It's out of. It, it, it could be a life or death situation for me. I see white people get get pulled over. The first thing I ask them, "Fuck you, pull me over for?" Jesus. 
So fuck your pussy. Jesus, nothing else you could do? Fucking with me. I wish a Negro would. They put a black man over, sir. Uh, it's like, oh, yes, sir. I ain't. Uh, uh, you ever see a nigga high get pulled over? <laughs> Try to get sober real quick. That's the funniest thing. Eyes buck. He's, look, he's trying to look, yes, sir. He gets real vulnerable. I'm talking about killers. I just seen killers get real polite. Yes, sir. Yes, officer. It becomes life and death for the black man. So the white people, they enjoy a certain privilege. Not saying that they're racist or they're supremacist, but they enjoy, enjoy a certain privilege and a right that not even they're aware of. So how dare you come and tell a black man that not only feels the pains, not only feels the agony of classism, but also feels the added agony of racism. It's double-fold. It's double-fold. So the black man... So the black man must understand that. And we have to be unapologetic about the stances that we take. We got to be unapologetic about the stances we take. I don't care about nobody calling me racist or prejudiced, especially when you don't understand it from a revolutionary, African revolutionary perspective. Not just a revolutionary, but an African revolutionary perspective. So you can't just say revolutionary. A lot of these ultra-leftist groups want to come, they use the word revolutionary, and they suck African people up into that because they're using that word, and they're speaking the jargon, and they're speaking the lingo, and a lot of times from the third development, what we call the original, they, they've read across that, and they hear things, and you have to understand that a lot of these movements are crafty. They understood what he taught, they used the word proletarian. Revolution, internationalism, brother. Yes, yes, yes. Because Huey was on this. Hell, I went to a revolutionary communist meeting. They have more books on the black man than Malcolm X than black bookstores. They understand the lingo and the jargon. And that's cool. We can all speak the same jargon, but you're not going to get me. You're not going to twist me in my philosophy and my ideology, nor the methodology in which I tried to bring to fruition the liberation and empowerment of African people. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. It's not a hate against you. It's just a love of self, a love of my people. And when my people start getting together, yes, I'm an internationalist, but I'm not going to um, call, I'm not going to fight for Nepal over African people, marching for Palestine over African people. I'm not going to be marching for the exploitation of third world over African people. I might get involved in that protest if I have the time, but it ain't going to be over African people. You dig? Because when you find us, you find us at these rallies with the Palestinians. We holler about the illegal occupation of Israel, how Israel is an illegal state, Zionism, and all of these other things. And we're out here with these other movements and groups and the anarchists and that. But then when it comes to black issues, not black protests, not about one of us being killed by police, you'll find us out there, you'll find white people out there, they're always going to do that. That's the co-op you're moving. That's to make sure that they keep, you know, yo, they don't want it to get too outrageous. They, Like I said, they suffer from white privilege, and they know, too, if we don't integrate with these Negroes, they may forget and just start swinging on anything with blonde and blue eyes. So they don't want that, so they're going to integrate that. So that's no problem, but I'm not talking about the protest movements. I'm talking about real, how many of them get behind real substantial issues. Housing, education, empowerment, 
addressing the economic disparities that but how many of them really get behind those man don't keep marching with me every time one of my brothers or sisters get killed you know what I'm saying? Our, our manual, our program says that we want maintenance that is, which talks about health, but I address it to all social ills because that, that affects our health. We want preventive measures and medicine, not just maintenance. We don't just want to maintain. We want to have preventive. We want to begin to address these ills and these issues before another black man or black woman is dead. Before another black man or black woman or black child is bitten by a rat or in a roach-infested home or home crumbling and falling down beside them, before another child suffers from malnutrition in one of the richest countries in the world, even though he has all of this food at their disposal when they go to the grocery stores to take these babies to these things. Do the studies. Look at the surveys. These babies are suffering from malnutrition because of the GMOs, because of the bull stuff pumped in our communities. Because of the poor stuff pumped in our communities and the economic disparities. You ever try to eat healthy? Man. Good luck. You got to take out a loan just to eat healthy. Like Brother Darkshire was saying, there's a time for us to start to acquire your land and to grow our own food and to become neighborly and start to look out for one another and then to store it once or twice a week, man. Shoot, everybody in the community need to come together in a potluck. And all eat, eat, need to eat together. That way, we ensure that at least once or twice a week, the babies are eating balanced nutrition and getting all the nourishment and nutrition they need to grow to be strong, healthy, not just physically, but also mentally. This is what we need. We need some real, we need to start having some real programs. This feel good stuff is later for that. Later for that, later for that feel good. Uh, uh, later for that feel good stuff. Some things need to be addressed. You have to hold on. Damn. Oh, cracking! I done called a sambo and everything. Well, you know, some people ain't gonna like. It. Some people ain't gonna like what you got to say. You know what I'm saying? I can't please everybody. My thing is, man, about my people. That's it. Keep doing what I got to do for my people. You know, we keep doing what we got to do for our people. And, I mean, you could have came back on the line. Let me see that I missed. Did you want to come back on the line? You could have came back. It's always, our line is, line is always open. I welcome the because, because that's not me. Everybody's entitled to say something. I might have missed a call because I'm over here. So, all right, just, uh, okay, I'm rolling. Just make sure that they want to open up, open up the mic. But this is what we, this is what, you know, to me, the revolutionary, when we start looking at the revolutionary parties, the things that we have to address. We have to start having some, 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 some things of substance. The days of, like I said, the days of, the days of uh, the days of I'm sorry, y'all have to forgive me. I'm trying to look and read my text. I can open your mic. I got five minutes, so I can give you like three of them. Let me open your mic. Funny. All right. Okay. I did see him. 
already coming for the last five minutes. So, Kim, go voice six. First of all, a black nationalist ain't never a down on black supremacist. Let's be real, this is cultural. We've been multicultural since before we were called Africa. If we're going to teach the truth, Africanus was a cracker. We're not African. And the nation of Islam is a bunch of bulls. They killed Malcolm. They took pop shots at Huey. How can you be a true revolutionary that everything you follow had something to do with Arabs? That Arabs was one of the most brutal people that kept us enslaved. You all talk about parts of slavery because you only have a small time agenda. I'm going to speak nothing but truth. And I learned from the true ancestors that made a difference. However, you make all these comments about what we should be doing. Teach the people that their laws are not ours. We are already free people, nigga. We don't have to be free people. Let's talk about they don't have a jurisdiction. I've seen a lot of people fall, too. But I'm one of the ones that has had standoff with SWAT, me and my squad, because we understand their laws are not ours. We understand there's no jurisdiction. You've seen us in courtrooms and win cases against attorneys. So let's be realistic. There are some real revolutionary organizations out here, but considering this is 2017 and you niggas don't study, a lot of y'all are still stuck in the 60s. And you're stuck on one program, food, clothing, and shelter. That basic shit has been hijacked since 1967. We got all kind of issues out here that can be addressed. Prisons are full. Why? Because you all don't know anything about jurisdiction. You don't know that their police are not our police. You don't understand that that's the government, not our government. So don't quote certain things if you're not going to teach realistic. I don't give a damn about nature Islam having two three good teachers, when you had one leader that signed a treaty with the damn KKK and also communists and the government to kill Malcolm back in the 60s. Farrakhan has also killed people. Malik Guru Shabazz also killed Khalid Muhammad. Stop speaking lies. Stop sounding like you writing a script. Start speaking the truth, and you will get more leaders and less followers. And power to all people. Over all people. Now let me address that in my last couple minutes. If you don't get over here with that Uncle Tom and Aunt your Mama and stuff, the question is why are you mad at Trump? You got a million reasons why you mad at black folks. You like the rest of these Negroes out here. We will always find a million reasons why you mad at black folks. The difference between the revolutionary and disappointed and disillusioned Negroes is we don't hold these people to God-like status. Everybody going to have a flaw. Everybody. So you're going to find, if you're looking for the flaws in men, you're going to find the flaws in men. Only thing I say, if you're one of those people that look for the flaws in men, look for the flaw in the people who have set the agenda. And how are you going to sit here and talk about revolutionary? You're a revolutionary talking about their laws and their agenda, what they police, the laws they police say. How many times have we seen on video they have blatantly, blatantly broke their own laws? You take your ass in that courtroom and believe that you me. I have seen you personally win a case, and I applaud you on that. I've seen you beat a lawyer. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm not going to take that from you. That's the truth of the matter. But when it comes to a real case they don't want you to win, show me that. I've never seen one of you moors, one of you jurisdiction, sovereign type, ever beat no real case. Not nothing that they don't want you to win. You're dealing with criminals know the laws to a certain extent. I'm not saying don't know the laws to a certain extent. The third development, UNP did. He constantly quoted the Constitution. 
In fact, the Constitution was one of the bases that they used to bear arms. So I'm not saying that the laws can't be used to a certain degree to advance the cause. But if you're finding your salvation and knowing some punk-ass law about sovereignty or jurisdiction, you're yourself. And you can say that for the Negroes that you teach that shit to. Because that's the shit I won't listen to. Okay, how nobody feel about it, Sambo or not? This shit is a joke. It is a joke. The African people, until we start loving one another, until we start forgiving one another. I see how you come on all power to the people, multicultural diversity. You're a champion for that. But won't forgive black people. You will sit here and champion multiculturalism and diversity of, of people who have historically oppressed you, your grandparents still oppressing you, and won't forgive, won't forgive African people who have tried to advance the cause of African people. Man, later for that. Later for that. It's ridiculous. This is what I talk about, that neocolonialist mentality. And you have the nerve to call somebody a sambo. You need to check yourself. Jump back on a syrup bottle because you ain't your mom. That's what needs to happen. Listen. Go on and on. I don't like to be grave or downright, but when I have that foolishness, I have to address it. I got 60 seconds left. I appreciate everybody for calling in, for contributing. Even my sister Kim, I appreciate it because that's what the show is about opinions, comments. I appreciate everybody calling in. Please listen to us again next week, and we'll be talking to you. I leave you as I greet you. All powers to the people. African power to an African, African power to an African people, power to an African people, and black motherfucking power. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things as son did pure. Like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body. This hood politics acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. One knee, I duck, could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up, the cops shot again. Bust stop glass burst, a fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back, fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rat to the death of it. To everybody, come on, little niggas, it's grown. Look, rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Shit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, when I doubt, this is what now is about, nigga, the time is bad. So all I need is one mic, 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 all I need, all I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic, all I need, niggas, all I need is one mic, one mic, All I need is one blunt, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back, 
and all the hatred against me. Fuck all of them. Jesus died at age 33. That's 33 shots from twin glocks and 16 apiece. That's 32, which means one of my guns was holding 17. 27 hit your crew, 6 went into you. Everybody gotta die sometime. Hope your funeral never get shot up. Bullets tear through the innocent, nothing is fair. Niggas roll up, shooting from wheelchairs. My heart is racing, tasting revenge in the air. I let this shit slide for too many years. Too many times now, I'm strapped with a couple of Macs. Too many nines, if y'all niggas really with me, get busy, load up the semis. Do more than just hold it, explode the clip until you empty. There's nothing in our way. They bust, we bust, they rust, we bust. Let fly and feel it. I feel it in my gut that we take these bitches to war. Lie them down, cause we stronger now. My nigga, this time is now. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. There's nothing else in the world. All I need is one mic. That's all I need. need to do is thing, no. All I need is one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man. What I stand for, speak for itself. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secret is. Niggas will move on you only if they know what your weaknesses. I have none. Too late to grab guns, I'm blasting. Cause I'm a fool, nigga. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Fool you, niggas. What you call an infinite brawl, eternal souls flashing. World gets deep. Some beef is everlasting. Complete with thick stars. Brothers knifing each other up in prison, y'all. Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they worthy to plain Bitches left me cause they thought I was finished Shoulda knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sentence, diamonds are blinded I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurt were Telling police how can a kingpin squeal This is crazy, I'm on the right track I'm finally found, you need some soul searching, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, All I need is one mic, one mic, That's all I ever needed in this world. Fuck cash, all I need is one mic, one mic. Fuck the cars, the jewelry. All I need is one mic, one mic. Spread my voice to the whole world.